0: You are listening to the Nutrition Wise Podcast, where nutrition besties Amanda and Lindsay have completely honest and candid conversations about today's hot nutrition topics. As registered dietitian nutritionists, they bring some much-needed clarity to today's overwhelming diet culture, giving real-life advice for you busy mamas out there. This is a judgment-free zone to get in on the conversation, have a laugh, and get some tips along the way. So grab a cup of coffee, or even better, your favorite fermented fruit, and take a listen. We are so happy you are here. Hey,
1: everyone. Welcome to episode nine of the Nutrition Wise podcast. This is Amanda and Lindsay, your Nutrition Wise dietitians, bringing you another fun-filled episode of nutrition information. We just... Wrapped up Heart Health Month and have moved into National Nutrition Month. Woohoo! It's a dietitian's favorite month. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, National Registered Dietitian Day is March 11th, I think. I think it's 11th or 12th. So if you want to wish us a happy National Registered Dietitian (laughs) Day, feel free to send us some lovely comments (laughs) on that Wednesday. Uh, Today's topic is really appropriate for both Um, heart health month and national nutrition month because it kind of pertains to all of us and today is especially fun because we're talking about salt and sodium so what better way to accompany the subject but with chips and salsa and margaritas we're (laughs) really really good margaritas (laughs) we're gonna we're just gonna get our day's worth of sodium in in one setting i feel like we need to have the Jimmy Buffett, Margaritaville yep. song playing backwards. I mean,
0: we're going to fully demonstrate how you can get all your sodium in two yes. drinks within one day's <laughs> intake. And then we're not going to be able to put rings on tomorrow. There you go. <laughs> okay, so learning about sodium, it really is important because it's found in a ton of foods that we eat, not to mention what we add in the cooking process or on the table. This episode, we really are gonna dive into some specifics on sodium, but generally speaking, if you're looking to reduce your intake, processed foods and meals that you eat away from the home is really where you should start. You might find yourself someday caring for a spouse, a parent, or maybe a grandparent who have been given strict guidelines by their healthcare team, and we want you to be equipped to cook and include them in your family meals if they're restricting their sodium.
1: Right. Our bodies utilize sodium to do things like conduct nerve impulses, contract and relax muscles, and maintain the proper balance of water and minerals. Think back to your high school chemistry class, Ooh, yeah, that was a while ago. Throwback, where you learned about sodium potassium pumps. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love science? <laughs> Maybe not so much chemistry, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we only require about 500 milligrams of sodium daily for some of these vital functions. And for most adults, the adequate intake is about 1,500 milligrams per day, and that accounts for some additional sodium losses through things like sweating. Um, And this is only about half
0: of what most of us consume in a day. Oh, absolutely. In, In fact, according to the American Heart Association, the recommended daily intake is no more than 2,300 milligrams a day which is about one teaspoon or two packets of soy sauce, if you like soy sauce. (laughs) (laughs) The majority of Americans consume anywhere between drumroll, 3,500 and 8,000 milligrams of sodium a day. If you haven't ever looked, you can find this on the food label. Just be aware that the number that you see next to sodium is per serving. So if you eat more than one serving, you're gonna need to multiply that number out. One example I always share is when my husband and I first moved in together, we absolutely love tacos. We still eat them all the time to this day. I was using one packet of taco seasoning per one pound of ground beef. After learning about sodium, I realized it had 220 milligrams of sodium per serving with nine servings in the entire packet. I about (laughs) fell over when I saw the nine servings. Like, really? Why can't you just make the whole packet a serving? Yeah. So if you're doing math, it's about 2,000 milligrams just in that taco mix. So that's when we started making our own mix. (laughs) It is honestly so simple, you guys. It's just equal parts chili powder, cumin, garlic powder, onion powder, and red pepper flake to your liking, based on how spicy you like it. Spicy do (laughs) you (laughs) like the change? Spicy. These are all seasonings. You can actually find in Aldi's. They come in larger containers, and typically they're about a dollar a piece. So I just pour one of each in a bowl, um, mix it all up, and then I store it. I store the mix in a mason jar and here's a tip I actually use the the lid of a parmesan cheese container and if you didn't know this it fits perfectly on a mason jar like nice and tight so you can store it in your pantry but still sprinkle it on all of your stuff too because it has the, the built-in little sprinkles
1: y'all I just learned that tip tonight <laughs> I was like yeah that's how I do it I was like you're a genius <laughs> I never knew that See, we're learning. We're learning from each other as, as we do these podcasts. So, just to touch on that meal planning aspect for a minute, if you're trying to stick to around 2,000 milligrams of sodium daily, that breaks down to about six to seven hundred milligrams per meal. So, we pulled some food out of my pantry just to kind of give you guys an idea. And, you, and, and some things that you wouldn't even think as being maybe, quote, salty, there's my air quotes, you can't see, <laughs> salty, um, have, have sodium in them because it's used as a preservative. So something even like, like the puffed rice cereal, there is in one and a half cups of cereal, there is 240 milligrams of sodium. It's not even a salty food, guys. So you add that with one cup of milk, which has about 100 milligrams of sodium, just and that's a natural sodium, you're already up to 340, 350 milligrams of sodium just in a bowl of cereal. So that's not even what you consider like a salty food. So, and that's just, and that's just with your breakfast mm. versus something like rolled oats. So if you're an oatmeal person, those are not a processed food, it's a more natural whole grain. And that has zero milligrams of sodium. So again, if you're trying to cut back or watch your sodium intake, then something like rolled oats would be better than any of the processed cereals.
0: Such a good tip.
1: Yes, and same thing with vegetables. I have some a bag of frozen green beans and a can of green beans. And the, the can of green beans has 290 milligrams of sodium for every half cup. Of green beans compared to the freezer bag of green beans that has zero milligrams in the entire bag so you can kind of see where that difference is and back to what lindsay was saying about the serving size (laughs) we pulled out some ketchup and mustard out of the out of my fridge and the serving size for mustard is one teaspoon i'm like i don't think i've ever used one teaspoon teaspoon. (laughs) of mustard but i i like mustard but in one teaspoon there's 60 milligrams of sodium. So if you're more of like a tablespoon kind of person, mm-hmm. then that's going to be closer to 180 milligrams of sodium, which is a lot. I mean, if you're talking about trying to stick to 600 milligrams for a meal and you're getting almost 200 of those milligrams just from the condiment, then that can really add up quickly. Same Especially thing in cooking. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And same and, and same thing with ketchup. I mean, we go through
0: we eat ketchup like it's going out of style oh, in the south. Through so much ketchup, I you know.
1: <laughs> and, and really, you almost think of it as a, I mean, I almost think of it as tasting sweet. Yes. So you don't think about it. And same thing with barbecue. Same oh, thing yeah. with barbecue sauce. You don't. You know. You don't really think of that of that as being a high sodium food because it doesn't really taste salty. But one tablespoon has 200 milligrams in it. And same thing with like barbecue sauce. There's a lot of so-
0: yeah. You said 200? Yeah. 200 oh my 200. God. 200. That's yeah. right. 200. Wow. I don't know. See, who knew? <laughs> i check mine when I go home. <laughs> so check,
1: you know, it's going to be things like the dressings, the soy sauce, the, some of those condiments are where a lot of that extra sodium mm-hmm. kind of sneaks in, sneaks into our intake there. So definitely watch that. And, and why is consuming too much sodium even a problem? What happens is when we consume too much, our bodies retain water in an effort to dilute that sodium. And what happens, you know, so what, what, what does that affect? It can actually cause high blood pressure because when we have all that extra fluid on our body, our heart is having to work harder to pump all that extra fluid through the body. And that can lead to a heart attack, a stroke, congestive heart failure, um, and, and kidney issues too. So, it can also cause a loss of calcium from our bones. Mm. I didn't. I, I that's know. It's not something that we, at least not in, in the clinical setting like where we work, that, um, that you see that, but definitely more um, kind of like long term, especially in like the elderly, that could be a problem. Um, It's also possible to get too much sodium in the blood and this is called hypernatremia. And this is more of an acute condition and it happens more often in older adults who are mentally and physically impaired who may not eat or drink enough and or maybe they have a high fever, vomiting, or an infection that causes dehydration. Also, things like excessive sweating and diuretic medications can also deplete the body of water. Deficiency is pretty rare in the United States, but it can definitely occur. And a low blood level of sodium is called hyponatremia. And this typically occurs with severe vomiting, diarrhea, sweating, or excessive fluid intake. So um, when when we're talking about excessive fluid intake, we're talking about like multiple, multiple gallons. And that's if you're not like outside sweating, doing heavy physical activity, things like that. So that's just, very excessive fluid intake, which doesn't really pertain to most of us. So who would need to maybe restrict sodium? It's mainly going to be those who are in heart failure, liver failure, high blood pressure, or have chronic kidney disease. And like we mentioned earlier, this may not be you, but it could be a family member or um, or you know someone that you're caring for. So when so having this knowledge when planning your meals can can help them out.
0: Sodium, you know, typically is not a nutrient that we seek out. <laughs> it you know usually finds us <laughs> in everything that we eat. Cheers. So yes. So the highest uh, sources of sodium are found, of course, in those processed foods. Anything that's going to be really pre packaged or with a shelf life, like canned goods, condiments, and dressings like we just talked about. Now I do wanna say, so food items that are, I'm air quoting, low fat or fat-free, typically have more sodium. This is because salt is used as a binder, stabilizer, and preservative in processed foods. So I know you might be thinking you're doing really good by going to something low-fat, or even sugar-free, people Mm -hmm. are looking for sugar-free, well, sometimes they're replacing those things with salt. So having said that, fresh fruits and vegetables, meats, and whole grains contain some sodium naturally but are generally very low in sodium compared to packaged or processed foods with those high-sodium contents, not to mention all of the other things like artificial additives, ingredients, sweeteners, and the list goes on. So this is why we usually recommend fresh or frozen over canned goods with our clients, kind of like what we just talked about with our packaged goods you know, sitting on our table right now as we're talking to you. Having said that, we fully understand that there is a place for them, especially when you're on a tight budget and with many, many mouths to feed. If given the option, I would encourage you to look for low sodium or no salt added options. And a lot of times they're putting like a red heart or something like on the, Mm -hmm. on the can, so you can kind of look for those. Um, Having said all that, I do wanna mention, like a little disclaimer, we absolutely love it when our clients get educated, are excited about making dietary changes and actually take action on them, however, if you are on blood pressure medication and you all of a sudden drastically reduce the amount of sodium you typically intake, it could cause your blood pressure to decrease too much leaving you feeling very terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so you really need to keep your healthcare team in the loop on changes that you make, especially when it involves things that may impact your medication dosing.
1: Yes, that's a good, good, <laughs> good nugget of information there because we've seen that happen not only with blood pressure, but with blood sugar as well. Yes. So when you start to make some of these healthier diet changes, make sure you're keeping your medical team in the loop and monitor some of those changes in blood pressure or blood sugar because you may need medication
0: adjusted at some point. That tip comes from client experience. Yes. (laughs) Coming to you from client experience. For sure. We get this
1: question a lot. Are natural salts healthier than table salt? Good question. Yeah. All types of salt are, it's it's, it's a compound of sodium and chloride. So, and the nutrient content varies minimally. So I, I have actually had <laughs> patients come in or their family member and say, well, we're using sea salt. So yeah. it's much low, like it's a much healthier option. And it's like, eh, it's yeah. not, not enough to really. We're on it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> It's not really going to help with your, with, with your uh, chronic kidney disease there. So uh, different salts are chosen mainly for flavor rather than their nutrient content and the most commonly used table salt is heavily processed to remove impurities which may also remove some of those trace minerals Um, and iodine is typically added back into the table salt to prevent conditions like goiter and hypothyroidism and although some of these impurities are often removed refined salt sometimes will contain things like anti-caking agents such as Calcium silicate. So, you're you know it's it's kind of a catch twenty two sometimes mm-hmm. with some of these salts because like sea salt, it contains small amounts of other minerals such as potassium, zinc, and iron, but it can also contain impurities such as lead and other metals found in the ocean since it's not mm-hmm. as highly refined as the table salt. Um, Himalayan pink salt. That's one that's kind of like it's, it's, real kind, big of, right it's now. kind of it's <laughs> kind of trendy right now, yeah. and it is harvested. from mines in Pakistan. I did not know that before. I didn't either. Yeah. And that pink color comes from iron oxide. And it also contains small amounts of calcium, potassium, and magnesium. Now, on the flip side, what about things like new salt or no salt? Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that we talk about, what we refer to as a salt substitute. And a salt substitute is potassium chloride, so basically they have replaced the sodium with potassium mm-hmm. and so you 're going to get almost kind of the same the same flavor it's the same salty
0: taste right yeah
1: um, but just keep in mind if you're caring for somebody um, who's in something like kidney failure it's not the best idea to replace your salt with a salt substitute because if someone someone 's body is not able to filter out that potassium, mm-hmm. adding something like potassium chloride in, you know, even in somewhat possibly large amounts could be detrimental and raise your blood potassium level too high. So that's, that's kind of something to watch for. So really, you know, can salt substitutes, they have their place sometimes, but really it's best to just kind of reduce your
0: salt intake overall. Yeah. So when people usually ask, what's the healthiest salt, we typically say, what kind do you like? What flavor do you like? And kind of go from there. So we hope this has been absolutely helpful in arming you with the tools to make healthy meal choices for yourself and the family when it comes to your sodium intake. We are 100% not at all saying to eliminate salt or those special times when you get to take the kids out for french fries. But making smart day-to-day choices goes a long way. So thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to share this episode with your friends and family. Yes. Thank you. Hey, friends, before you leave, make sure you hop over to our website at www.becomenutritionwise.com to grab all kinds of supporting documents. We have a self-study course on mealtime strategy, four-week cycle meal plans, complete with weekly grocery lists, mealtime nutrient breakdown, portion sizes, and food lists. It's seriously a completely dietitian-created package. There are seasonal recipe packs to download with zero ads, all typed up and ready for your binder. And don't forget all of our coaching options. We are learning so much with this podcast as we go, so thank you so much for your support. If you have topic ideas, please reach out to us by sending us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or by email. The address is BecomeNutritionWise at gmail.com.